Hi, and welcome back to the fifth episode of the Times in a Collective. This month, we'll be discussing Good Omens with our good pal, who was definitely our friends this time, Anna. <laughs> I, I, I hope I'm your friend. Yeah, well, it's been a run. My dad made a comment about this, how in every one, single one of the last episodes, we've confirmed that people are friends or not. Right. He's like, well, I assume they are if they're on your podcast. We so. just secretly hate each other. <laughs> Next month, you're bringing your enemy in. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Well, Anna has previously been our tech support. I so... have. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I, I make the tiny Time Turner Collective possible. Yeah. Yeah. With my college card. Anna's known for things such as Late Night Lonely Lovers. Tuesdays on Insanity PM. Radio. <laughs> We'll just give you a little bit of promo to everyone who yeah, already we're knows. Yeah, we're still broadcasting, even in quarantine. Um, there are some minor technical difficulties that happen with the software, but it all turns out fine in the end. So give it a listen. If you're bored in quarantine, what, what better to do than listen to some radio? Yeah. Okay, Anna, as a little introduction, we have the, the same usual questions that we ask everyone. Great. One of them is, what's your Hogwarts house? Ravenclaw. Yay! Yeah, I was expecting. I feel like everyone on this damn podcast is Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah, um, I I had some spats in the past with people calling me a Hufflepuff, and I was like, I've taken the Pottermore quiz five times because I'm insecure. <laughs> our house next year, because we're all going to be living together next year. Our house next year is going to be Laura's a Hufflepuff, and Emma's a Hufflepuff. And me, you, and Chloe, Anna are all Ravenclaws with a secondary house of Hufflepuff. Yeah, my secondary Probably. house. Ravenclaw. I always get involved with Ravenclaw with Hufflepuffs. Yeah. yeah, all the time. Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws tend to get on. Yeah, I think my sister is a Hufflepuff. My boyfriend is a Hufflepuff. <laughs> my sister is a Slytherin. I think she and Jonas were the only ones on. Yeah, Snake. My sister is a Ravenclaw too. We haven't had any Gryffindors. If I told an American that we had to get sorted, I reckon they would believe us. No, but some schools do have houses. Oh yeah, we had houses. I got put yeah, in the that's shit house. Wild to me. I was taught that stuff like prefects and head boys were made up. Like I was they a were prefect. Harry Potter. I was a drama prefect. It was awful. Wild. I ran for house have... captain and the head of house said to me, you don't have enough house points to be a house captain. <laughs> That's so silly. I love it. We don't have yeah. any like levels in high school. We're just all students. And then some, I don't know. Yeah. Some, I think some schools have like a board that you can be part of to like show your opinion but I don't think many people do it's great being a prefect because that's like the only thing that you have on your CV when you're 16 (laughs) I was on the debate team so I guess that counts (laughs) I wanted to do that okay on that note what's your favourite spice spice yeah like spice um I like Saffron. Bougie. Yeah. She She really out here saying saffron. Sorry. It's more expensive by weight than gold, Anna. Yeah, but like I I love it. I love the drama of buying saffron. I love how you get like two sprigs of it and it's And you get like the biggest plastic box you've ever seen in your life and it's just got the tiniest little strand of saffron. I love the mystery, the drama, the sheer, like, exploitation of it. (laughs) Of workers. Uh, We're not having this on a public podcast. (laughs) Yeah, support that. What was the other other one? What's your favourite book? Don't support it. (laughs) (laughs) I support your choice of picking saffron. My favourite book used to be Tender is the Night, but it all may change. That's what I'm going to say. Oh, in this episode. Oh. Well, mm. oh, into Good Omens. Yeah, Good Omens. I, I'm going to say, right now, I think it's my new favourite book. Oh, oh wow. my God. That's impressive. That's a first. Yeah. I, I genuinely have been reading it and just going, I'm not supposed to change my favourite book. <laughs> it yeah. used to be well, so sophisticated. It used to be Fitzgerald. <laughs> God, what's happening to me? It's not necessarily not sophisticated. They're, they're two, like, well-regarded writers. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's fun. It's a fun book. It's the funnest book I mean, we have. I've, on the I've always said Rainbow Rowell. That's less sophisticated. I think, I think it really appeals to my personality. Yeah. I think it was the book for me out of all the books that you're going to be doing this year. Yeah. Which is why you chose it. I think you were one of yeah. the first people to choose. I was. You chose I was. This. I was the first person and to choose. Other, so yeah. many other people wanted to do Good Omens. I knew I had to get in, get in early to get it because it's. Yeah. It's a popular one. Well, the 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 Prime series did so well. Yeah. That everyone just wants to get on it. I think a lot of people don't know that it is a book purely by how kind of cinematic it is. Yeah, and also because Neil Gaiman is known more for his films, the adaptations of his books, than the books themselves. Like, yeah. his adaptations are so well known. Definitely. I was doing a quiz the other day and with Anna, and one of the questions was named to... Neil Gaiman books and I knew it would be a difficult one because then when I did the answers everyone was like wait he wrote Coraline he wrote American Gods he wrote Stardust the but, thing yeah. about that quiz was is earlier in the quiz we'd been having a conversation about Neil Gaiman books we and uh, Amelia slipped out not that we talked about the book before quite a few we recorded obviously and I thought you know what I reckon there there's some importance in that, so I remembered them, and you know I did pretty well. I'd completely forgotten that I'd written that question, and I was just talking about one of my favourite authors. I need to read more of his stuff. I'll send some to you. I have Thank you. the majority of his books, so I feel like I'm gonna enjoy it. Yeah, we have one more question, mm-hmm. and that's what do you study? English and drama. Although, oh really? I wish I just studied English. <laughs> I'm really sorry, but I, I when I came to university, I was in the mindset of, you know, I'm going to do English and drama, and then I'm going to go to drama school after I graduate, and then I'm going to get hired into the business. I came to university. Within, um, within the first term, I had already decided that I didn't want to be an actress, that I didn't like studying drama, and instead I wanted to go into media, so... You know, if anyone's watched, if anyone's listening who hasn't been to university, just know that literally it might all change completely. Your whole direction of life. And your friends. And your friends, yeah. And, and your values. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with that. And I think it's a great thing. And this this time of sort of free change in your life, sorry, £9,250 a year um, change in your life should be sort of treasured. And I'm really enjoying myself. Wow, that was beautiful and inspirational. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. Should we talk about context? Yes, I did some book research. Mm. Um, the 90s. It was we all did not experience that. No. <laughs> I was conceived. I I was oh, also conceived I wasn't. in the 90s. Yeah, I wasn't I was, Maybe I you was. You were. Maybe like... End you could have had a couple no. of weeks. Yeah. I, I was I was born way too early. Oh, maybe oh, not then. Yeah. So like on the on the Christmas. Christmas is still nineteen ninety nine. Exactly. So probably. Yeah. Besides that, we know a lot of lip gloss and things were around. Yeah, I was a really important part of the nineties. But I did some research into what other books were released because I remember this is the toughest one we had with picking what book we were going to do because there's so many because th- yeah not that this one wasn't good it's just that there was so many options I remember we were also looking at the secret history I believe Donna taught but then realized that this was exam season yeah and also because this is 1990 it's not even like 95 or yeah. 93 or something it's it's 1990 so it's like just on the cusp it's the very start of the 90s so you don't quite have the yeah. end of the world shit coming for you and you don't quite yeah have it's like because the... well <laughs> oh, yeah. the, the, the whole book, i think like you know? the stuff about <laughs> terrorism in it is like quite interesting about how like terrorism really isn't touched yeah. on a, a ton in in sort of evil terms sort of things that can go wrong because it's it's pre 9-11 yeah. you know i think it is it's sort of ira times but not really like islamic terror hadn't it's come into relevant. play that much yeah so the question becomes and this it might be something that we think about later on but 
would war as a one of the four horsemen be replaced by terrorism the way that pestilence was replaced by pollution i think that that is a, a viable sort of idea there just because of it being but also i think a lot of the time more in the forefront of government's minds than war is yeah. But I'm also thinking that might be a very Western look just because we don't experience war that much. There's still very much wars going on and destroying a lot of people. It's true. But as to as a as Western writers, I feel like they would have a similar. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, even, maybe even so. Because the same thing with like famine, the fact that we don't like we mm. don't experience famine. Yeah. But it's still very much around in like third world world countries and stuff like that more books that we were looking at his dark materials released harry potter but we knew we weren't going to do that but still there's a lot of like game of thrones was released bridget jones neverwhere was later in the 90s neil gaiman so at this point i think neil gaiman had only done a few books he'd done the sandman comics um part of which was adapted into the lucifer Netflix. No, is it Netflix? I think no, it's Hulu. Amazon Prime. Yeah. I think it's Amazon Prime, oh, Prime, same as Good Omens and American Gods. And I think, no, American Gods might have been early 2000s. But yeah, so he wasn't that well known, whereas Terry Pratchett was. Yeah. yeah. And now, we probably know more Neil Gaiman books than Terry in, Pratchett. In the afternotes of the book, in Good Omens, Both The Facts, it talks about how um, you have to... Rem- you have to remember, you see, in those days, Neil Gaiman was barely Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett was only just Terry Pratchett. Yeah, they weren't that big yet. That's a really yeah. good way to put it. Other things that were really relevant, um, Murakami sort of writing, Outlander was published. Yay. Um, also very early. And then there's some I've got more, two episodes Morrison, The Rainbow Fish. As you know, a very famous Nick Hornby series on, of Unfortunate Events, American Psycho, Perks of Being a Wallflower. Like, there's a lot of stuff that would, like, is very good book club material, basically, is what we were trying to say. Mm-hmm. And, like, impact impacted yeah. our childhood, whether it was from us reading the books or because they're yeah. quite well established, or from adaptations that came sort of 10, 15 years after yeah, they were definitely. published. Or 25, 30 years in this yeah. case. Yeah, I this I'm really surprised this hadn't been made into an adaptation more. And there's another bit plans. in the facts where it says um, there's a question that says, "Will there be a movie?" And both of them write, "Neil likes to think that one day maybe there will," and Terry is certain that it will never happen. So well, it's it's interesting looking back on it. I like just that. had the Wikipedia page, a very reliable source. They actually did start a movie in 2003, and Johnny Depp was going to p- play Crowley. In it. And Robin Williams was going to be yeah. a Xerophale. I really like Robin Williams as a Xerophale, but I also like David Tennant as so Crowley. Good. Yeah. But personally, yeah. I really enjoy the two Brit- two British actors. Yeah, it's a very British book, even though part of it is America, but there, there are links to America, but I think it does make sense that they're British. Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think it's Michael Sheen... Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who is Welsh? I think he he probably, um, probably could grasp the humor, the sort of dry humor of I it. I think better. it works because you know Tatfield I mean? is also so important, and it might be like in a way funny if like an American person mm. would have been there, and like Tatfield would have been so important. But I do then think you it already works. have the American ambassador, and you have the American yeah. ambassador's wife and the American ambassador's child, who but, you all expect to have American accents. In a way, I feel like. It, Neither would really make sense because it's so old. Like, they were from before America and England were even a thing. So I think it's kind of funny how they, like, ended up being so specifically British while, like, they could have been anywhere, you know? Like, they could have had a mix Mm -hmm. of all the accents. I got that the... So they wrote the book through a combination of phone calls and floppy disks. yes. Which I think is just like, that just sums it up. And even if you think about it, so this isn't our only book that was written by two authors. Our other book that was written by two authors was The Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. 
which was written, I think, 2006, or published in 2006. Yeah, late zeros. But even sort of 15 years later, uh, 15 years after this book was published, it would have been so much easier to write with two authors because you'd be able to email each other. But yeah. this was written yeah. before the invention of the internet. But, like, it took a while to write this as well. Like, they were doing this, like, mid-80s. Yeah. You can kind of feel the... In the writing style, you, you can sort of feel that sense of one person... You know, that when an idea is built upon and built upon and built upon and it's this kind of frenzy of in anticipation uh, of, of two people when you're creating a, a crazy idea with your friend or something. Yeah, like this. You know, the book, the book feels so... Ex- excited about what it is and I feel like that's the the way that the writers were writing it. Wait, should we move on to talking about the actual book then? Should we do a little cute intro? I've got one bit? more thing to say that relates oh, to yes. Anna's thing um, okay. which is so also the footnotes so apparently they each author wrote a section and then the other author wrote the footnotes for that section so as they yeah. were writing, they were adding the footnotes in, which I think you can kind of tell as well with what you were saying, how someone wrote it in a frenzy. And then you can also kind of see the humour of their friend looking at it and sort of taking the mick in the footnotes in a yeah, way. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. It's so kind of collaborative in a in a friendly way. It's a, it's a moulding of two minds and they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. controversial things to say because I felt like I liked the series better than the book. Okay, I kind of see where you're coming from with that because... Because the thing that Anna said, how you can see how it's so like collaborative I feel like for me, it really put me against the way it was written. Like I love the concept of the book so much and I think it's so funny and everything they've written is so like well thought out but somehow the way it is written like, it doesn't click with me personally, in a way. But, like, I, I think the book is so good and I really enjoyed reading it. But, I don't know. I feel like because it was so hyped, I felt like some of it was lost in it because there's so many, like, different layers to it. Somehow felt like some parts felt too much while others, mm-hmm. like... I understand. I there, are, there, are some, there are some parts that... Because it's not the type of, like, I really enjoyed this type of book because I read some other like reviews of the book and it's often like compared with Hitchhiker's Guide which is I don't know some people might know it's one of my favorite books I preferred this over the Hitchhiker's Guide I to the didn't. Galaxy I feel like I'm not sure why like I can't really put my finger on it but something about it just felt like it didn't completely make the full connection like I still enjoyed it and it's still like a really good book there are definitely some things that I prefer I about the book and some things I prefer about the tv show because my favorite mm. part of the tv show is the first half of the third episode where it goes through the history of the world from their perspective yeah. and you just see them becoming better and better friends and sort of realising that what they're doing is cancelling each other out and that isn't in the book yeah. and I love yeah. it and it makes me so happy it's yeah, the that was longest really good. dry run or like dry intro of a TV show on TV ever so it's 31 minutes before the title credits I know, that was I, so funny. I think treading on thin ice when you talk about adaptation because there are some things that physically mm-hmm. either like cannot be written properly and also things that cannot be produced cinematically properly is what I've learned. Like I'm not like flexing, but I did I've recently done a um mm-hmm. a module on adaptation and it's really interesting. It's really opened my eyes to a lot of the arguments about it and also kind of if we really should be comparing to the extent that we do. And I was surprised by how much fidelity there was from the um, mm-hmm. the text to the um, TV show. 
especially I think in the first half of it, there was like conversations that were practically exactly the same. But um, yeah, it was literally quotes. Yeah, I, yeah. So there's there are things that you have to remove from a text because you have to place them in the scene and allow for a different gaining of information you gain different information from a text than you do from a tv show or a movie and you do that in a different way so um it does have to be switched up yeah and i think some of the credit for that needs to be given to neil gaiman because one of the things we have to consider is the fact that the book is collaborative whereas the tv show because terry pratchett died is i know but it is neil gaiman's love letter to the book and to his friend who because it was it was terry pratchett's dying wish that it would be adapted he asked neil gaiman to make sure it was adapted and so neil gaiman felt like it was his responsibility to make the adaptations as faithful as possible and as well done and well executed as possible for terry pratchett and for his memory which i think is so cute it's so sweet and because it's not neil gaiman's it's not his first radio yeah. when it comes I think it's to brilliant. adaptation because he's had so many Coraline, Sun from Coraline and then um, Stardust and American Gods. So many, yeah. And he, because that's, yeah, like he, he knows his stuff when it comes to adapting his work. And I don't think any of those is a bad adaptation. I haven't seen American Gods, but I have read the book and I've seen parts of I don't it. Know. And, I, and it's supposed to be good, isn't it? The. There was, there's some really interesting things I think you can link back to context which they did um, adapt. One thing um, about uh, Agnes Nutter's um, predictions is um, in the book they talk about um, Anathema. Anathema, I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it. Anathema. Anathema talks about her grandfather making some investments in I think um, 1949 or something and in the um tv show they talk about her uh, mother making investments yeah. in apple in the 1980s but what's quite interesting is in is apple hadn't taken as much taken off as much mm. in 1990 in fact it probably hadn't it didn't really take off that much at all until the the end of the 19th and the early um 21st century so which is which is a really nice um thing that i think they did into the adaptation but still felt exactly the same yeah. in the book and, and I really it was really that. subtly done it was yeah. just a little thing here and there that made it feel more modern which might be why you like preferred it laura because it is more relevant i don't know i feel like you it, and your childhood like it I, I liked it more because i liked the characters more mostly because i feel like mm. yeah but they also like more time with them i feel like in, in the, the, the book i liked crowley and just as sarah fell but the rest yeah i don't know i didn't like form any connections with them like some of them were funny but like they didn't have any personality and in a show it's just a lot easier to like see someone's character yeah i mean that's that's human nature really like you're you're programmed to be able to identify with people to survive yeah i felt like just the pacing in the series works a lot better because i felt like sometimes things in the book that could have been a lot shorter were drawn out a bit and then some things that could have like been longer or like really pushed together and I feel like in a show it's easier to pace because you're actually experiencing the thing as it's happening yeah and it and it's and it's the same amount of time for everyone in a a tv show whereas some people like um you you know sometimes when you're not completely concentrating so you sort of skip through a little Mm -hmm. bit and you're you you don't pick up on all the details um or some people take some longer to read uh, or shorter time to read so a book has it's more personal. a kind of subjective, yeah. a subjective pace to it, whereas um, the moving picture often doesn't. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. I still, I, 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 like I've said this before, but I do think it's so good. I just think that the slight changes they did add in the series definitely like benefited the book. So yeah, I agree. On that note, characters. Characters. Yeah. I felt. I I with the the four like Adam Pepper yeah. um Wednesday Dale yeah. no the them the them not well the, the them the four is the horseman sorry yeah. but I mean they're supposed to be anyway um yeah they mirror each um, other it's very exciting yes I 
fell in love with them as children. It made me feel so, such a big connection to my childhood and just the idea of being a child. It was so, so true and so pure and... Yeah, it just it just made me feel really happy and I loved the way that there was a dynamic between them and that they you could just sometimes in novels written by adults they turn children into small adults a bit yeah. and it yeah. doesn't work but in this book the children were so accurately represented it was it was beautiful i'm just yeah. gonna put that out there i agree the, the, there's one thing that what you were saying just reminded me of and it's the bit when adam's i think he's talking to anathema and he says yeah this like from um hogback lane to the woods that this is my world and i'm like yeah that's how it felt like being a kid and going out yeah. and like playing games like, i don't know where we used to play um cops and robbers like on our bikes mm-hmm. 40, 40. But you sort of had the free run of the estate and you had no idea like people you're probably just screaming and people like can the kids please just shut up thank you just for once and yeah but you didn't really think about it because yeah. you're kids and you didn't With care saying like i don't want asia or america we all want just like this little bit because that's their like entire yeah. world yeah i feel like because of it's like both the extremes like it's so like children don't really have a thing where they're like i don't mind they always have an opinion yeah. And, like, no matter what was being said, they were, like, either really sad or, like, didn't have any faith in the future at all or mm-hmm. really had, like, were really excited for the future. And there was no thing where they're, like, oh, we'll just see what happens. Like, it was either, like, I'm going to destroy the entire world or we'll save the entire human yeah. race. And I think that was just so well done. I know this may be kind of branching into themes, but I think it's... The, the children kind of reminded me of the... The blank state, the blank um, slates yeah, theory, um, yeah. the sort of nature and nurture, which was very much present in their their kind of ideas on the world felt very new yeah. and very fresh. And in terms of nurture, of course, you have the it, you know it's one of the main points of it, the fact that that he was nurtured by you know like his own parents by humans and that's what made these these children who they are and they seem yeah the blank blank slate theory is is just something that i'd wanted to bring up in terms of the children but so if you think about it i think the reason that the children feel like the most fleshed out characters in a way is because every adult character is a caricature so you've got the day the demons who are evil incarnate you've got the angels who are good incarnate even if you think about um sergeant chadwell who's like he's he's the epitome of a crazy old man witch hunter you've got um newt who destroys computers you've got anathema who's like a witch (laughs) and they're not real characters they're not people that you see every day but the kids are supposed to be human incarnate because that's the whole point it's like adam wasn't evil incarnate he wasn't good incarnate he's human incarnate which is like the end of the book so I, I think that is why we're supposed to connect to the children the most and we're supposed to understand them because they're the most like us I agree but I feel like I like the caricatures as well yeah. like I do think mm-hmm. like I said that I don't like I think I like because I watched some of the series while I was still reading the book like I watched like the first two episodes when I was like near mm-hmm. the end and I felt like after that I started liking the book more. the same thing as I said with um, Tinker Taylor just like giving, like as soon as the characters had more like a character, I did really like them in the book as well. I just think that at the start the characters weren't explored as much. Like maybe it being is introduced. I think me and Anna have both seen the TV show before we read the book. Yeah, like I, think I, that I really saw it when it came help. out. Yeah, yeah. So maybe that's why we connected to the book more was because. Yeah, definitely. Because after yeah. that, I really noticed how much more I liked. Yeah, the book. I, I saw it. So yeah. I do think like having like a loving memory of it already, like it's like rewatching Harry Potter and like rereading it. It will never be the same again as the first time because you already have so many like positive memories connected to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that that works both ways though, because it can be 
um, hard to disconnect yourself from the actors and how the characters are written. And while like Neil Gaiman has this real truth to the the way that he's cast it and also mm-hmm. um, how they're written, there there are there are subtle differences which that will there will always be. I mean, to start off, Anthema is is English in the novel, I believe. Yeah. And she's yeah. um she's from Miami in the TV show. Which Malibu, I, thought, I think. Malibu. Yeah. Which gave her in the in the T V show, it gave her a kind of exotic nature a bit of an exotic nature to her. She was sort of different. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. but in the book you had to kind yeah. of create that exotic sort of witch feel for yourself. I loved you, Anathema. I think she's one of my favourites. Yeah. I could only think of her as being this like beautiful kind of goddess. Oh, yeah, she's so cool. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> also because her name shortens to Anna, so. Yeah. We love that. Should we talk about the older characters? <gasps> they were my face. <laughs> and thou shalt not commit adultery, Pulsifer. And so, you know, mm-hmm. they, they're based on real people. They're based on the... Lancashire witches the first time round they're based on the Pendle witches Alice Nutter was one of the Pendle witches who was tried and so Anathema is Anathema device and I think it was oh I can't remember what her name there was Chattox and then there was another in real life there was another person who was someone device Janet device was I think one of the witches who was tried at the Pendle which has also Thou shalt not commit adultery. Falsifer was also played by Jack Whitehall. Wait, no, yeah. he was new. Um, oh wait, was new. he? Oh yeah, he was both. I thought yeah. he was perfect as new. Yeah, he was both. He was really good because he kind of had this sort of dumb, lost yeah. posh boy thing going on. There's a line nearing the end that Newt says, and I could hear that in Jack Whitehall's voice exactly. It was it was crazy, and I just thought, wow, you know, this is some serious casting. Yeah, it was good. It was good yeah. casting. The dick turn up bit. I was like, that's so him. Like it just fits. Yeah, so good. I also really liked the addition of Gabriel mm-hmm. in yes. the series because John it was done because they wanted to put Gabriel more in the sequel for yes. Good Omens. They did. They had because they plotted a sequel, but they hadn't written it. Yeah. And the uh, the angels were more in that. I think it works because it's such a well... Like, it's probably the most famous angel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just, like, the, the big boss. I just really liked it. And it's interesting how Gabriel and God both have American accents. Yeah. Yeah. Because Francis McDormand plays God. Yeah. From Great. Three Billboards. Which I still haven't seen. They kind of do sort of use America a bit in the TV show as like sort of a symbol of kind of unattainability in a way. Kind of like, what's, how do you, Anthema? Anathema? Anathema. Anathema, Gabriel, God. Which was, which was just kind of, yeah. More like further away. But I think that also works because it's like, it talks a lot about how society works. And I think America is so well known for having like such a capitalist and unattainable yeah. like, American dream society. I'm looking up the definition of anathema. So anathema is defined as something or someone that one vehemently dislikes or a formal, a formal curse by a pope or a council of the church excommunicating a person or denouncing a doctrine. Is it actually? Which is very interesting. A thing devoted to evil. I would have used that as a as a baby name like that's it's so nice it is it's quite well, you cool. would you would name your kid anna <laughs> i was thinking about calling my child that and then you just ruined it by telling me that it's to do with evil but it's the it's, it's the to do with thing witches. in carry on in carry on the room yes. thing like how they can't push each other yeah, down the stairs the, and stuff Anathema. that's the same name yeah interesting um, yeah yeah so, because I knew it was a word and I knew it wasn't a good word, which is why I was, I, I just like I it love up. it. So, yeah, there we go. It's cool. Yeah. But, yeah, I definitely think theme for, like... I mean, we didn't talk about the main characters. Like, the capitalism and how... We'll come back <laughs> to them. 
Yeah, but we love them. They're great. <laughs> They're great. That's a wrap. <laughs> but society, like England versus America is very much there, but also like the third world countries are there and like how famine is the most popular in America with like mm. burgers and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the chow. It's not real food. Yeah. It should not be mistaken for food. But it's so like capitalistic like that. It almost feels like the book is against capitalism. Yeah, it probably is. Which I'm not sure if it is, mm-hmm. but... I'm probably more like... I, I would say probably more consumerism than capitalism. And religion. Yeah, probably, actually. That's true. Yeah. I like the M25. Great. Yes, <laughs> I love part. that. That was such a good... And it sort of it turns into a burning ring surrounding London. The idea of yeah. um, religion, I think, was done so well. And, and, it's, really and it's really... it's It's been picked apart without being, like blasphemous at you know what i mean i feel like although although yeah apparently over like twenty thousand people signed to stop the show no but they signed a petition to um to netflix to stop the show but it's an amazon prime show oh, they, signed, it. they yeah, did it but... to the wrong what's it called provider streaming service the wrong streaming yeah. service. i don't know i don't know because i i yeah. just probably describe myself as being agnostic and I mm-hmm. didn't think that it cast a massive shadow on religion. It doesn't explicitly criticise religion. It, it, it's Instead of criticising religion, what it does is it very kind of... Like the wrong kinds of... Like how people use religion as an excuse. Yeah, it yeah. fluently picks apart the basis of religion and sort of opens it up as, as a question to the audience. Yeah. In a way, like it goes, well, well, this is heaven and hell, you know, choose basically in, in yeah. a way. And um, one thing that it did go against, I know I'm kind of going against my own point here, but a lot of religion, um, especially like the ex- extreme versions of religion, is so very God fearing and so very humans are, are the lower mm-hmm. being. You know they're mm. very. You you must commit all your all your life to to God. You know, and you are always going to be under Him. If you listen to a lot of prayers and stuff, they are almost sinister in the way that they they place humans. But in the book, humans triumph religion, triumph evil, and that in the end, purely by their humanity. Yeah, I do think it's more pro-human nature than anti-religion. Yeah. But it does also highlight the good and the evil in human nature with the fact that Crowley and Aziraphale cancel each other out and how hell praises Crowley for the Second World War and for the French Revolution. And it's revealed, I think it's more highlighted in the TV show than in the book, that he didn't do that. It was the humans who... It it was them who... It was uh, was us who... So oh, I felt like motion. It wasn't. I felt like that was kind of clear in the book how like he literally yeah. said like even demons would not yeah. do something. Like he, I think that's like a, a quote somewhere. But he says like demons could never do something yeah. that yeah. evil. Like he put the line there, which I thought was funny. Oh, now he he didn't he didn't create guns. I think yeah. they just give weight to a moral argument. Yeah, <laughs> which I think is so interesting because it's like. Depends on who you are as a reader, whether that reads as a joke yeah. or not. Because, like, for us, I think we're all pretty much against guns and stuff like That's that. True. Like, it very much reads as a joke, but as an American, that might read, like, oh, yeah, That's they true. are, like, depending on who's using them. Because they were very neutral about it. Mm. And talking about, pro- yeah, probably, at, like, as, as a, uh, if someone is pro-arming yourself, yeah. they might read that as being being proud in a way that humanity invented this way to to deal with humanity to deal with other things about humanity without having to be god-fearing i think i think that is like a lot of the time in american culture they are very man not like a male as in man as humans Mm -hmm. man-based like it's independence. It's your own freedom. Yeah, definitely. It's the, like often America's put before God. You having the gun is a symbol of 
kind of owning your own right as a human. So that that is an interesting, it would be really interesting to read this novel with someone who was um, pro-gun. Yeah. Or American. Yeah. Yeah, or, or simply American. Yeah. Caroline. This is not, an, this is not, this is not anti-America, like. No. You know. No. No, it isn't. But it is, it's a very British perspective on gun laws and on religion. Because I, I don't know. I don't feel like there are many people in this country. And maybe it's just because I don't associate with them. But there aren't very many people in comparison to America who would criticise a TV show or a book like this for looking critically at religion. Because it's not criticising religion. It's just looking at it in an objective way. And I think we're... Yeah, more mm-hmm. people are more used to see religion in the way they yeah. are used to seeing it, either really negative or like really positive. But I mean, Laura, you're not you're not you're not British yourself. Yeah. Like, I don't really know a lot about um, Euro- European ideas of religion and that. So I'm, maybe you could sort of give us some insight. I mean, I'm definitely not religious, but to me, the book didn't necessarily feel British. Like to me, it just feels like. I would say European, mm. but it might even be that American would read it and and still relate to it. Yeah. But I feel mm-hmm. like that's often with like, even like just maybe Dutch like childhood shows or even British childhood shows. Like people who grew up with it will see them as like very, I know strictly whatever they are from. Like I always thought that the Teletubbies were and Sesame Street were very Dutch because I grew up yeah. like that with that, and I was like, oh, but that's my childhood. But then. Turns out, yeah, basically everyone watched Sesame Street and the Teletubbies. But I think it's kind of like, in a sense, yeah, I still, because we have the same, we set very much the same view on guns and we are not religious as a country at, at all. Like, I think we might even be less religious than England because we are, we are quite Protestant. We have the Church of England. Yeah, we yeah, do. And technically we, the Queen is the head of the church. Yeah, we are not religious as a country. Um, but we do, like, some people are Protestant. Is the, is the Netherlands a monarchy? Yeah. Yes, we have a queen, yeah. We have right. the, the Trias Politica. Oh, fun. Yeah. Sounds sounds exotic. Basically, it's just, like, <laughs> the government has, like, a top layer of government and that as the democratic voting system. It's quite similar, but we don't have the people that shout at each other with the hammer. That's fun. Oh, shame. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the best bit. I love a good PMQs. Yeah, they are great. Like John Burko biggest put downs is a compilation on YouTube that keeps getting recommended to me. I do love the system. Yeah. Um, can we talk about the? We'll talk about Aziraphale and Crowley, and then I'll bring in my um, queer subtext. Okay. I just like them. I think they were the best characters. I like how they weren't like perfectly what they were meant to do. Yeah. I think it just works so well, like, in the end, in the, it doesn't happen in the book, but how he, like, bathes in the holy water, and it's just kind of there, like, and now what? I have opinions about this, because I think it would be so much more powerful if it was actually them, and they had overcome the thing that was supposed to destroy them, because yeah. they had, like, stepped so far away from hell or from heaven that they had become human in, like, in a physical way. I think that kind way. of was what it was, wasn't it? No, because they swapped bodies. Did they? Yeah. I don't think that's said. It is said. One thing I would criticise about the novel would probably be their ending. I know there's not really supposed to be closure, but I, w- I've, I kind of wanted it to be a bit more fleshed out in the novel. I feel like they did that better in the TV show. Yeah. Yeah. It feels very much like there would be a sequel like in the next year, the way yeah. the book is. But ended. Laura, the whole thing was that they, that, um, there was the prophecy... Agnes Nutter said, choose your faces wisely because you're going to be facing fire. So they swapped bodies and Crowley went to heaven like in Aziraphale's uh, body and stepped into the heavenly fire. Right. And um, it was Aziraphale because he said, he made the joke. He was like, I, I asked Archangel Michael for a rubber duck. Oh, uh, see, I was very <laughs> confused. I was like, but that's not what you did. Yeah. I thought they'd become like, I thought he was like quoting them from him from like telling the story and yeah. like but like his voice okay that makes more sense but no because i really liked the yeah, fact that they better. got it, like humor it makes better it, it's i think it's better the other way around yeah 
oh well. But I really liked them. I liked how over time they changed their fashion. That was my favourite bit. Yeah, and his mm-hmm. hair. And yeah, the Crowley's yeah. hair. I like that. I do like yeah. that. Um, also, the Queen music. The reason that they have Queen music in yeah, the, the TV tapes. show was because they didn't think that at that point, when they asked them for it, they didn't think that Bohemian Rhapsody was going to... The, t- the film was going to be made. So they let them use Queen music for quite a small fee so that they kept get getting the money in. Mm-hmm. Mm, right. What? But I also don't think the TV show would have been the same without the Queen soundtrack. No, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't... I mean, it, it feels like a very important part of the book, yeah. actually. Yeah. Like, it's an important part of the book, and it's an it's important part of the TV show. It's one of my favourite jokes of the book. The dramatism of it, and of course the 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 religious of Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah, as well. One thing I will say about Crowley, Crowley, and Zirafel is, as characters, um, if you put them against their own angels and their own demons, they are the most concerned with themselves as individuals. Like they often don't really talk of God or or the devil ever mm. basically yeah. all the other ones you know they they have their duty to fulfill that's what they spend their whole life doing but but uh crowley and aziraphale kind of they build their lives up with his bookshop as they are very as in as, yeah. as individuals which pushes them towards being yeah. human and it makes sense how yeah, definitely Aziraphale likes the fine things like his bookshop and he likes fancy food and the, one of my favourite jokes is um, the sound of music how God likes the sound of music and he's like yeah, it's and awful. so when his bookshop burns the first thing that you see burn is a the score for the sound of music which I, I paused and screenshot because I thought it was very funny yeah, I think, but I don't think they really say that. In the, like, I don't recall them saying that he hates the sound of music in the TV no, series. Do. But it's like repeated multiple it's times in the, in it's book. In the TV series I don't recall. As well. them yeah, saying it definitely is. That. I I saw like the hints, but I don't think they that they, it, they like clearly say. Yeah, no, oh. I'm fairly sure. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I saw the jokes about yeah. it, but not the like the. It, it makes sense though. Of course, God likes the sound of music. Yeah, definitely. Well, so when the bookshop's burning, going back to Queen music, did you notice how it went from "You're my best friend" when Crowley goes in, and when he comes out, it changes to "Somebody to Love." I haven't watched the TV series like since I first watched it. Well, so you'll be able to watch it now, and I don't remember point, a lot of the great. visual audio gags. I apologize. That was really good, but it's it like the story between them is such an enemies to friends to lovers trope it's like yeah he's a demon and he's an angel can i make it any more obvious (laughs) i enjoyed the fact that i don't know i i kind of liked that it wasn't a big part of the book in a way but their relationship their relationship yeah like i i liked how it i like them as kind of you know like like parallels and that but yeah, same. I I also enjoyed that there was like it wasn't just a character based novel. It was it had a, a plot. It had Armageddon. You know, yeah. it had had the other characters, the children. I feel like if you had concentrated on simply their relationship, it the book could have verged on being self indulgent. But I think the TV show gets away with that because it has more time to spare for that agreed and yeah. because at the start of episode three when you've got the half an hour of them going through the history of the world yeah. you get to spend more time with them and you see their relationship build and it plot. also adds the plot yeah so i think because you can see the plot happening i feel like that really helps because if they like explain it it feels i don't know it felt armageddon in the book felt less important because they can't dramatize yeah, it i see that as well but also because you see their relationship change and I think I don't know correct yeah. me if I'm wrong but I think there's more of a focus in the tv show or on how they cancel each other out and how I, I could yeah. also I, I did miss it the first few times I watched it and I think they highlighted in the book how one of them would go to one place and do 
the good things and the evil things. They do the temptations and mm-hmm. they do the miracles. Um, and yeah. that I thought was really clever because I didn't notice that. And it is mentioned in the TV show, but it isn't as in your face as it is in the book. There's actually a moment in the from the book and the TV show which is very subtly changed, which is when Aziraphale gets uh, paint on his jacket in the oh yeah uh, in the paintball thing and in the book he he just kind of says that like it wouldn't be the same if if um if i miracled it out or whatever however in the tv show he kind of turns with this knowing look to crowley and then crowley does the the miracle for him and i don't think that happens in the book i i read over it it a couple times and i think it just passes on but i like that they made that a moment in in the tv show there's a lot and it's almost tender the way he does it he just kind of like (laughs) that was me blowing he just sort of blows on it and it goes away and he's like oh oh thank you Mm -hmm. it's so funny i love it i love their relationship and i love how crowley is i don't you know there's the point when they're in the car and he's like come away with me and and aziraphale's like no you're you go too fast for me crowley yeah they just have a great relationship yeah like it just works well yeah it does work well um, and it is an interesting basis yeah for definitely a yeah tv show oh what yeah. we haven't mentioned is that it started off as a parody of the just william book the william the antichrist which i don't know I've I've no, I think I I've heard it. of them but I don't know it but that's how it started and at the end the books that Adam adds into the bookshop when Aziraphale's like they weren't yeah, there before the they're the just William books it's the whole original collection of them so mm-hmm. yeah thought that was a little nice little nod but a couple a couple other couple other things I wanted to talk about yeah go on is the is one I just want to give this proof is it like at I. I loved this book. Yeah. Completely. I, at the end of it, I was crying. I, I, it was just because it was so happy and so kind and so full of love and the goodness in humanity, which I think is an important thing to realise, especially right now, because there's a crisis which is so human, right? This is, Mm -hmm. we need to kind of find if found the the good in ourselves find the the care for other people which is which is which is coming out in some cases and not coming out in others but the moment when adam's dad arrived to pick the the them up from the airbase i just cried because i thought that it was so simple and so kind of beautiful and loving and family family centric I was just just sobbing at, at the end yeah. and all the way through one I was laughing out loud and my parents thought it was a bit weird um two it just made me really happy it, I was so I was so content reading it and a, a lot of other books you read don't make you feel content but it makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside it's definitely such a good corona book like i hate to say it but it is the question becomes then would pestilence come out of retirement currently and take over pollution maybe but then but i i so pestilence and pollution would probably be two of the most important of the horsemen for us at the moment but what would be the other one that you take out because you can't take out death. You've got famine and I... you've got war, which I think are probably still relevant. I think it just depends on on where because we are just very Western and yeah. But that's what I'm British saying. I think they people, are that like... they're still relevant. So yeah. But then I, I think... think pollution and pestilence currently are probably equally you can as relevant. I think a lot of kind of like famine and pestilence and pollution and like a pestilence and famine especially maybe you could sort of replace it with austerity or kind of poverty because a lot mm. of those come out of poverty and injustice yeah. 
Yeah. Famine comes of poverty. If you don't have access to clean water, if you don't have access to things to clean clean yourselves with, that causes yeah, pestilence. Food and food education. Yeah. So I mean, I I personally I don't. That may be a privileged view to take in places where there is literally no food. Mm. But I think money is becoming a really big issue all around the world and poverty and austerity yeah. is a bit higher than yeah. ever. Yeah. Can I just talk like randomly about a moment that I really enjoyed? Go for it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Well, uh, at the end when Cowley and Isabel are sitting on the bench in St James's Park yeah. and I believe the figure that they see feeding the ducks is death. Yes. I think. I, I really, really loved that bit because I felt that it, it brought a sense of mortality into the kind of scene between these, and that's these, the thing these immortals. Where in the TV show, they go to heaven and hell, and I think one of them is arrested. Oh, so Aziraphale is taken first, but it's Aziraphale dressed as Crowley, and then the other around, but they see death, and they're like, that's not a good thing for us to be seeing him here. Like, this isn't a good sign. Mm-hmm. And that's the point where it sort of changes from the book into the TV show, where that sort of plotline switches. Uh, yeah, but the the kind of... The fact that, that death still existed brought in an idea that maybe sometimes we need to accept that death is there. Yeah. Death is an important part of who we are because everyone does die and re- rejecting that and kind of holding that away from yourself and not believing that can cause a lot of sadness like and and, Oof. <laughs> and because because people do die yeah. it is it is a fact it's a fact it's a that fact of life enough. and no I'm tr- you know what I'm trying to say here <laughs> Speaking of, I watched all of Dickinson yesterday, yeah. where Wiz Khalifa plays Death and Hayley Steinfeld plays. I didn't Emily like Dickinson. Dickinson. I liked it a I lot. Didn't. I, I, re- I, re- I watched. No. I watched ten episodes of it yesterday, and I think they're only like twenty minutes, half an hour. But I just sat down and watched it. It, it was really great. pissed me off. I'm sorry, but like, I just hated. I that. I hated the. I d- hated like the first fifteen minutes. I was like, I don't like it. I don't like it. And then I watched it all. It was and just I really liked like it. so. It was too. I hated. It was just too modern. It really pissed me off. Did you watch more than one episode? Um, I think I watched two. <laughs> okay. I see what you mean, but there are definitely points when it isn't too modern for me. Because I was expecting to hate yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it, it works sometimes, but it also really annoyed me. And sometimes Hayley Steinfeld annoys me just as a person. I'm sorry. <laughs> I feel that. No reason. Just <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, and that reminded me of that. Also, I have one more thing to add. I've got a random thing that mm-hmm. I liked from the book, which was, is which wasn't in the TV show. Actually, maybe two. One of them was the third child, who in the book, in the footnotes, you're told is Greasy Johnson is the third child who was adopted, but he isn't yeah. mentioned in the. TV show it kind of leaves it up to an interpretation what happened to the spare child. That that bit, yeah, yeah, that bit made me smile. That was one of the there were one of the there were so many moments in the book that I just kind of sat yeah. back and smiled at. I needed it. It's it's a feel good book with a message, and everyone should read it. But they do say in the series that like the the third baby would probably be adopted, and like because. God does most of the footnotes. They tell you that you might you might like to think that. Yeah, but I liked the way they delivered that. In in the TV show, I thought that he'd like been killed, genuinely. Yeah, it does kind of feel like that way. So yeah, kind of. But I like I like the way it has like slightly sinister. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked God as the narrator in the TV show. That was really interesting. Yeah, I did too. I makes sense. I. How I really enjoy the narration style in this because it's different. Yeah. I. Sometimes it's nice having, like, like in The Great Gatsby, you've got Nick, who's this kind of uncertain narrator in a way. You don't know if he's to yeah. be trusted. You don't, and that. But and I hadn't read a lot of books recently, which had a completely omniscient narrator yeah. who was almost kind of like teaching people. And I, yeah. I enjoyed it so much that in my assessment that we had to do. I started almost writing in a similar tone. 
I, th- I think I did uh. as well, in a way, because we were doing Renaissance, a creative piece for Renaissance Lit, and it felt fitting, especially because there is that point in the TV show where they're yeah, going to the Hamlet. Yeah, retelling of history. Our, it was good. Our professor, I think, reminded me of this book. I could place him I within this book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Also, the final line is a reference to a Yeats poem. Let me find it. Slouching hopefully towards Tadfield forever, which is from the second coming. Slouching towards Bethlehem to be born. I don't know. I was crying through all of the yeah. last, the last bit. And a nightingale <laughs> sang in Berkeley Square. The when they were at the Ritz. Yeah. Which, there were angels dining at the Ritz, and a nightingale sang in Berkeley Square, which I loved all of the pop culture references and like, but it was the most random yeah. pop culture yeah. references. See. I had that with one specific one that really stood out to me. How he has when he has to spray water bottle, and it's from Sainsbury's, but in the yeah. series they can't say that because of like rights, probably. But also, that joke, just the fact that it was from Sainsbury's, added so much. I think one of my favorite parts of the 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 book, the, my favorite thing, was just on the page before the last page, where you mm-hmm. see Adam looking at this apple tree. Yes. yes. Yeah. And he climbs up the apple tree to get the fruit. I I just like sobbed through that last paragraph. I thought it was so touching and the the reminiscence of it to, you know, the Garden of Eden. I loved that. I loved how it kind of had closure. It had childhood, it had humanity, purity, all of this. It all completely came together in that one passage and I love it. And he's just like, I don't see what's so wrong about taking an apple anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Because Crowley's the snake. And the Earth's a Libra. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I can't not think about this book without smiling and just feeling it's feeling it's a rare end of the world book with a happy ending. And a really hopeful ending. Can I just it's, say one thing there? Yeah. Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I do agree. It it, it just does have the same, like, vibes. Yeah. While there are some criticisms I agree with pacing, I think this may be my new favourite book. But that's the thing. Like, a book never is perfect. Like, I have to say, yeah. like, my favourite book is most of the time Carry On, which is definitely not the best written book with like an intricate plot and like everything but it's just so lovable yeah i cried more at good omens than one day really that's all wow yeah i did well i think that's anna's lockdown summed up is good omens and one day yeah don't out me (laughs) it's it's good they're good ones (laughs) yeah but one day i kind of like got like what was gonna happen yeah. eventually because it's it's a romance like I know like horrible stuff happens in it but I knew what was going to happen and this one and it was like crying out of sadness and most That's of the time the I cry more I cry out of happiness rather than yeah, sadness if, yeah. if anyone has ever watched a movie with me ever <laughs> He's so happy. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I remember when we were watching Little Women and we were watching The Wedding and you were, I don't know whether oh. you were actually crying or if you were just really close to crying. You're like, it's just so beautiful. I was crying. About yeah. Time made yeah. me cry. In the happy bits so and the yeah. sad bits. The bit that always gets me in About Time is the bit when he's running down the beach with his dad. Yeah, same. That's the bit. That is the bit. The... The proposal in the Guernsey literary oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. potato yeah. peel one, I was I was sobbing. Although I don't know, I didn't. I really didn't used to be this much of a sob. But then I grew up, and I was like, oh, I'm so happy. And also, if anyone knows me, you'll know when I have the slightest bit of alcohol in my system, I do that about <laughs> real life. <laughs> she sent me some yeah. when, how many weeks ago was it when you were just sending me compliments and it was great I was just sat on the sofa I was like I'm just Anna loves me yeah, this is probably like two two weeks ago yeah I think so I'm I'm so I just I love everything when I get drunk <laughs> it's great 
any any final thoughts? Just good. Just, read yeah, this book. Read yeah. If you do anything in your life, read Especially this book. Especially during Corona times, it's such a good like escape. Even if you've seen the series. It does especially like if you've yeah, seen the especially series, say, yeah. If you've seen the series, if you haven't seen the series, some people think it's not worth it when they've seen the movie or the series, but it's so worth it. Another it one is, like yeah. that is Guernsey. Guernsey, if even if you've seen the TV show, read the book because it's di- uh, not the TV show, the film. Read the books; it's different. And this, I feel like, is the same. Yeah. I think all of the ones we've had so far yeah. have had that. I haven't read anything like this in it's such so a long good. time, and I feel like I. I've been I've been needing Anna, it. Anna, I'm going to send you Neverwhere. It felt like a book that I've been needing to read. And I fucking love it. That's my last thing. Nice, we got the curse in for today. And on that note, <laughs> yeah, if you liked the episode, give us give us all the stars. Give us give us the good Follow piece. us on Instagram. And follow us on Instagram. Yeah, at Time Tone Collective. Yeah, and if you like radio. Yeah, listen to Insanity Radio. Well, what's the thing again? Something, something. One hundred three point two. One hundred three point two FM, but yeah, only if you're in Surrey or Northeast Berkshire. So look us up online or on our app. Yeah, online. It'll also be on the Royal Holloway website somewhere, won't it? On the SU but website. But insanityradio.com is just the easiest. <laughs> okay, just just go there. Do you have any other social media to plug? Maybe Instagram or something. I have a Mixcloud. Which is just just put in just type Anna Patson into Mixcloud. You can listen to some of my past shows. Hi, I'm me. Yeah, I will. Yeah, if the BBC is listening to this, get Anna. <laughs> She's I great. I have a microphone now. Anna for Breakfast can... Radio. No. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm not as good a breakfast host as as other people. Still, I believe in you. Positivity, yeah. man. This um, book is is so positive i'm just i'm so happy i'm gonna be happy for the rest of the day we're here to spread happiness yeah so yeah if you're not the bbc still still follow us on the podcast and and you don't need to follow me on my instagram like you can if you want but i don't care (laughs) yeah it'll be on our instagram as well her instagram you can you can have a little look if you want so yeah instagram at time turner collective we're on podcast acast which is now itunes podcast it's changing we're on google which is also I've heard from reliable sources branching out. Ooh. I'm not sure to where, but maybe so soon. If you're not in North America, you might still be listening to us. Wild. Next time we're doing On the Road. Yes. By Jack Carrack. I'm very excited. Going to the 50s. Yeah, we are. We're heading to A the big 50s. jump. Yeah. I'm going to be talking about this book. I hope you know, like, so much. That's good. Am I allowed to before the podcast comes out or like... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk about it. You can make people... Yeah, tell all your friends to listen to us. (laughs) You are my only friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell your housemates. Tell your future housemates. My my housemates? Do you mean my family? Friends with your housemates. I don't have a dog. Dog was one of my favourite characters. And on that note, as they would say... At the end of the In world. When Armageddon is finally happening. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you, see you in the, the past. past. Bye. Bitches. I was going to say that.